Hello and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name's Denise Ferguson from Fine Surveyors and today I'm here with Fanny Snaith. Hi Fanny, how are you? I am excellent, thank you. How are you? I am awesome. I am on the gin and tonic. What do you have? Mal oh, I already, I already know what you have. A shit glass of red wine. A shit. It's actually getting a bit better. Getting better by the, the slurp. It's improving. It's a, I think it's an Argentinian Malbec. Which is usually a good show, but yeah, no. yeah. But it's. I think it was just that first thing, but it's 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 bedding in now. Bedding, bedding in. in. Awesome. Right. We need to first of all. We need to start with your name because not many fannies we find around these days. Explain. There are loads of fannies. As you know, back in the back in the day, um, I used to sit in class and they used to go. Well, we've got three Amandas and we've got four Janes. And we've got this, and I go, you've got more fannies in the room than that. <laughs> but no, so the history behind Fanny is, um, my full name is Francis. Oh. I was born Francis. However, Francis. Fr yes, Francis, and which is A-N-C-E-S, I for an M and E for an er. that's the rule. Um, however, I've never actually been called Francis except when I was bad. Okay. Or told that I was bad. Francis. Do that. But if it's Fanny, then it's okay. And actually, as I've gone along the years, I've had, I've obviously clearly had a lot of, are we allowed to swear? A hundred percent. Lots of shit for my name. However, now that I'm going clocking in at nearly six decades, I am, um, I'm very happy to be called Fanny. And um, as if anyone- Waving come, the Fanny flag. Well, why not? Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, I reckon if I could hear an original Fanny joke, that would be great because I haven't well, heard it in years. The fucking joy of being called Denise. If one more person sings Denise, Denise to me or tells me about their, their nephew, I might punch them in well, the Denise. face. I was going to say, how many times have you dropped to Denise? Oh, I've heard them all. You've heard that? Yeah, it's Denise. It's a nice name, Denise. Ferguson. That's yes. a posh name. Oh, am I? Do you know what well, really baffles me recently, though? Because you need to do this track and trace thing everywhere. The amount of people that go, how do you spell that? I'm like, there's literally one way of spelling it. What do you mean, how do you spell it? What, Denise Although, or Ferguson? Some put Ferguson. I mean, yeah, even my gran used to spell Denise wrong, to be fair. But um, you could put two S's in Ferguson, I guess. But other than that, it's really well, not It could be hard. Ferguson. No, there's no, there's no errs. So you're not related to Sarah Ferguson? I have got two Sarah Fergusons in my family, neither of which suck toes that I'm aware of. She was my head girl at school. Oh, frightfully posh. Back, yeah. Back in the day, going back going back many moons now. In fact, almost centuries. It is at least one century. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A few. Mm, wow. I was at posh boarding school. Oh, you're a posho. No, oh no, no. Well, maybe you'll find out because um, I've done posh and I've done not so posh. I've done rich, I've done poor. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, done so I've, done it. I've done it all when bearing in mind that you know sooner or later you're going to ask me what i do so i might as well say i'm a money coach that's all part of the thing isn't it the thing well the first thing i always ask is fanny what is your business called and what do you do 
So my business is called Fanny Snaith Certified Money Coach. The reason I put the certified in is because the certificate, the certificate that I got um, says that I have to put that in. CMC. In fact, it's Fanny Certified Money Coach, open bracket, CMC, close bracket, little r. But, you know, do people put their letters after their names? I don't I know. Don't. I never have. No, I started to, and on a lot of my branding, it does says it, but I don't know now. I don't now. I just go Fanny Snaith Money Coach. Mm. Which no, is I different. haven't. Lots of other surveyors do put all of their initially bits and stuff like that, and I never have because when I first started out, I worked with, uh, I worked in a small firm in London, and we did uh, crazy, amazing deals, which looked like we were a huge firm, but we weren't. We were a really tiny firm, and one right. of them was a really nice guy, although he ends up being a complete wanker because they always do. But he was a really nice guy and he never put his initials uh, after his name. And then there was an absolute wanker. He was fucking awful. And he always put his initial behind his, um, after his name. And I thought, I don't want to be like you. And yeah. I just started out. So I'll be like you. Yeah. And, and so I never have since. Yeah. Don't know. I, think, I think the only reason I do is because rather than just being somebody who just turns into a money coach because yeah. they've got themselves out of a load of debt or something like that and think that they are the bees knees doing it which a lot of people are don't get me wrong they're fantastic at what they do i did actually spend quite a lot of time training to do what i do and actually um there aren't an awful lot of us about in england it's getting more which is good so it's um yeah, so that's, I suppose, why I sort of use it. And officially, I could be, I can put C back after my name as well. But let's just not even bother going there, really. No idea. No, no let's idea. Leave, let's just leave it at that, really. Yeah. Because it doesn't so really matter. Give me full on layman's terms. What on earth do you do, Fanny? Right. OK, so I, I help people with money, essentially. Um, I'm not a debt counsellor. So I help people who have money. I'm not taking the place of the Citizens Advice Bureau or the money charity or whatever. I'm helping people who earn well to look after their money better on a practical level, level, but more importantly, to help them feel about better about their money, which will in turn help them look after it better as well. So it's, it, for me, Money is all about mindset. It's not yeah. about the numbers. It's not about the figures. Look, I coach people who are earning good wage and they've got qualifications as long as they're on, but they've never stuck to a budget. They don't know how much money's coming in. They don't know how much money's going out. They live in a financial fog. They're stumbling through their financial lives. They don't like it, but everything's sort of okay, but they don't know what to do about it. They are my prey. Because once I can get yeah. my claws into them, I can really help them to put their head on the pillow at night. And people talk about this stuff, financial freedom. Right? And I used, to, I used to think that financial freedom was when you had enough money coming in to pay all the bills of, from a passive income. I, don't, I, I discarded that. I decided to discard that. Financial freedom for me is when you can put your head on the pillow at night and you know where you are and you've got a plan bit of a plan so even if you're sorry even if your picture's not very pretty you saw at least it's better than the fog of where you were i can resonate with that truly because i've been all walks of financial uh, life throughout my 
adulthood. So I was always, my dad says this to me all the time. I was always a massive saver when I was younger. I always had yeah. lots of money in the bank, mm-hmm. you know, it was just who I it was. And I'm very much a spreadsheet whore as my business partner, Claire calls me. Nice. Got a spreadsheet for like that, like that. Love it. Love a good spreadsheet. Mm. I, and, uh, but I, I, I earn decent money and I have a lovely lifestyle. I don't really think about money on a day to day basis, but I know that I'm getting to a stage of outspending my income when I stop looking at my account. Right. And I don't realize I've done it yeah. until I've stopped doing it because I know then I don't want to look at that account. So I don't, I don't want to know what's not in yeah. it anymore. And yeah. that I need to then scoop that up and start behaving myself again. Yeah, but yeah. that is my trigger. That's when I know because I've got my head in the sand and I'm not being mindful. Okay. So I would call you, we'll talk about the money types in a bit. So I would say that your innocence is coming out to play, which is attacking your war or, or basically pushing your detri- detriment out of the, out of the field to, um, sorry, putting it, pushing your warrior out of the field to the detriment of your financial overall success. So are you sort of, would you say then that is that described as, you take sort of three nice full strides and then you sort of sit around and have a couple of fags and a couple of glasses of wine. Things start going a little bit awry and then you go, shit, the bottle's empty. Better get on with it again. Yeah, a little bit. A bit like that. And a little bit. So can I ask you a couple of questions? Go for it. So um, when you are being a, um, a, a spreadsheet whore. Yes, Love a spreadsheet. I, I'm, I'm quite a spreadsheet pimp. Ah. I think that's probably what I could say. But I have a particular spreadsheet that I pimp, which is fine. Um, when, you're, when you're in your stride and you're taking those three steps, are you considering your future self and actually setting aside for your future um, and that all of that is sort of taken care of anyway? Or is that being sort of, don't like using the word sabotaged, but is that being, well, let's, let's, is it being prodded in a, in a, in an offensive way along the way? So I'm future savvy. I've got, uh, good investments and all of that. Um, but they could be better if I wasn't day to day foolish quite so often. And I don't mean foolish because actually my spending aligns in in uh the type of lifestyle that i want to lead mainly, mainly. so you know yeah so um you know i've, I've got a uh, husband two children we like to travel we like to ha- you know have fun my, my money mainly goes on stuff like that it's when it goes on stupid things that i go this is ridiculous what's a, stu- what's a stupid thing going out to eat way too much okay which, you know, lockdown was quite good for that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I then, because I'm such a spreadsheet whore, I then top that up eventually in my, in my head and go, that could have been X, Y, Z for my future. And I, and even though my future is, is really well looked after and I, I am good that I'm sensible in that sense, I do think shouldn't spend that much money on that nonsense and do you feel guilty about that not i don't think i'd go as far as guilty but i do think that it's 
it is touching on the foolish mm, okay that's not a very nice way to think is it mm. so if i but was... then i want i also want to live rather than just survive totally totally yeah. so i use i use money types in my work which i'm sure we'll talk about but it sounds to me like you've got um warrior 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 action action magician magician everything's really really good oh go really fast but i'm getting a little bit tired so you sort of slip a little bit full springs in yeah well, which we've got all of these types within us by the way it's not that you are a fool or anything like that fool springs in and has a little bit of a flurry and you warrior and magician are sitting in the back going she shouldn't be doing that and then the innocent pops up and goes it's okay just 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 do that for a minute and then what we'll do is we'll put our head in the sand for a couple of weeks but we know that to is so him. true there yeah 100%. Still, it? i'm like oh sandbox so let's just stick my head in that for a little while because yeah. i will not like the figure that my account says i have so i wonder then i wonder then if when you if you if this sort of goes in a little bit of a cycle right what I would like to do as a money coach is to try and help you to balance that out. So that like, for instance, my husband's been really concentrating on his eating and trying to eat, have a balanced, healthy, healthy life, right? And he said to me yesterday, he goes, I've really got to grips with the food. If I now take a pile of five biscuits, cause he's one of these people that he'll take five biscuits and he'll put them all in his mouth. And Jesus. And, yeah. It's quite, maybe not five, but, they would, oh, definitely if it was rich tea. But he oh, would do you like, I haven't had a rich tea in years. Oh, oh I like got, a rich you've tea. You've got to have a rich tea. But he'd do that and he'd go, now when I have five biscuits, I think that it's absolutely fine because I've got so much of the balance. Now, if you're looking at that cycle that we just talked about, it's like it's a bit of a swing of things happening, isn't it? Whereas what it could be quite, because it's lovely to have a little bit of fool come out and go, oh, let's go and do this. It's great. Everything's really fantastic. It's brilliant. So I would be questioning you as to what you needed to have that feeling for to go like this that would then cause the, oh, God, I've overdone it a little bit. And then the innocent pops up and goes, we'll just, we'll just be quiet about it. And then you sort of do the head in the sand. What would be quite nice is for you to be able to do that fool bit just enough to avoid the innocent popping up, which is the head in the sand, but just do the full bit and have the warrior and magician come through and go, now, now come on fool, you've had your fun, you've had a nice time, we've allowed you to play, should we get back to the spreadsheet whore again? Mm. Actually, okay. And actually skip the head in the sand bit. I often think I should have a pot of fool money. Well, but why I, don't you? Yeah. So why yeah. don't you? You see, if you do, if you go down this, the um, secret of the millionaire mind, the T. Harvecker theory, he would put 10% of your income aside every month for fun. And of that 10% of your income, you must spend it. Oh, wow. So that could keep your fool at bay, couldn't it? Mm. I read that, oh God, I'm not even going to remember his name somebody i don't know who but anyway he invested 20 yeah 20 percent of his income from day dot 20 percent constantly as if it was a tax no 
question whatsoever. And, and it was an amazing story and everything like that. It was great. But he didn't do enough of the fool. But he retired with, I think it was something insane, like 17.8 million pounds or something. And, and there was a part of me that's like, that's amazing. That's great. I need to get, you know, the kids into that mindset and stuff like that. But I thought, where's the life in that? I mean, I love, I love my life and I think I have the balance, except for when I know that I've gone too far. It's just skipping the, all you've got, the fall is fine, just needs to be maybe given some boundaries, right, which is about your pot, and so you can avoid the innocent bit, which is the bit that sort of makes you feel bad. We don't want that. But that guy you're talking about, my story is sadly not quite the revenue that we're talking about, but it's quite similar. It's quite similar. Would you like me to tell you it? Yeah, go for it. Tell me. It's quite a fun story. So, I, I like think... I like the feeling that everyone can have financial freedom. I know that people don't feel like they can. But I th- I feel that everyone can have financial freedom. I've read I've read so many bloody money books. Right, I've read so many books about how poor people, what we would class as poor people, people who struggle. I grew up poor. Right, and I've been poor. But people who struggle to pay their bills are the happiest people of all and also the gen- most generous givers. Yep. Right? There's a fantastic book called The Soul of Money by Lynn Twist. Oh. And it's, oh, it's such, a, such an amazing book. Anyway. Um, what was I telling you? Oh, yeah. Story. So, oh, yeah, story. Anyway. So I was born into a wealthy family, mm-hmm. like quite proper wealthy. I'm not talking about butlers and things like that, but we had a very nice house on the Isle of Wight, you know, with a forest and swimming pools and a walled kitchen garden. And our, yeah, it was all terribly nice. And a banister that we could ride down and it would all go round and round in the bottom. And our front door key was about this big. So it was quite nice. But my mum my inherited all of her money. Uh-huh. And um, she, she wasn't parented. So she was uh, sent off to boarding school when she was seven. And her dad just basically sort of fed her money when it happened, oh. which is all quite sad because her mum died when she, when she was six months old. So my mum got married to my dad and my dad was one of these people. He came from quite a humble background. He was born in, uh, he came from West London and he would literally be one of these people that he would write down everything that he spends, literally everything. Wow. Got journals of his, he's just written everything. And we, we gave him the middle name of perfectly adequate so he would wear trousers with holes in and they'd be too big on the waist. He'd have this big belt around it. And yeah, he was, he was very, he was a producer for the BBC. So we're not talking about somebody, but he just, everything was perfectly adequate. Um, shirt collars were all, you know, it was all tear, chairs tied up with string, blinds with, you know, the, the cord that had about four knots in it, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, she, he was with my mum and then she inherited this money. And actually, when, it, when they got it, it just came between them because they just, he, she wanted to go and spend and he couldn't do it because he'd be writing everything down. So um, he left when I was one. My oldest oh, is wow. three. So he left. My mum was married and divorced three times by the time I was 12. She's beating me. Yeah. So, oh, really? How many times have you been married? I've, I'm only on my second. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. And I'm only on my first, but that's because of my mum, because I didn't want to be like her. Anyway, so the second husband came along 
And she married him because she thought he was really cool. In fact, he was really uncool. He, he used to wear a monocle because his dad did, but it was with a plain glass because he just thought that he'd get the respect of his father. And he actually, I can guarantee he had no respect. No, he didn't. People, you'd go into a bar and people would move to the other end of the bar. So anyway, they got married, big mistake, ended up, they had lots of drunken fights and it was all quite horrible in the home. So mum thought, right, what will I do? So she packed me and my sister off to boarding, boarding school. I was seven. That was where Sarah... Because she hadn't learned from the last one. Yeah. Well, she just, that was all she knew, right? So that's what had happened to her as well. When she was seven, she got packed off to boarding school. So she, she, didn't, she didn't know how to parent. She didn't know what to do really she was bring had two kids in the world she then had a third from this shitty step monocle guy yeah from the second guy and so that was that so we ended up at boarding school now i knew i came from a, a nice house beautiful house and all this and knew we were quite wealthy the minute i stepped over the threshold of that boarding school i became the pauper oh Lit wow i literally so i had patricia gucci in my dormitory I had Sarah Ferguson as my head girl and various others of exquisite stature, financial stature. Assholes. So I spent three years there as the youngest boarder. Well, I started off as the youngest boarder and it was just, it was a really weird time and I just didn't really sort of fit in and I didn't know where to place myself and I didn't know what to do and I didn't, just really, really odd. And at the same time, my sister, my mum my had put my sister into this boarding school and she was overweight then. And it was a dance oh. and drama school. Why would you do that? So she was really bullied, so I had to look after her. Anyway, three years spent there. Second husband, mum flicked him. And then we got a letter while we were at boarding school to say, darling, I've been spending a lot of money and things are bit tight not too tight but we've got plenty of money left but if we carry on as we are it's going to be a bit shitty so i've decided what i'm going to do is i'm going to marry my bank manager so this is when she was on the isle of wight so she married her bank manager who already had three sons we were invited home to meet our new stepbrothers from school and then they got married and within 18 months he had been blackmailed by um i can't actually say who by he had been blackmailed and had been persuaded to give all of our money and all of his mother's money to an East End gangster. We were left with 76 pounds. Oh my goodness. So we came out of boarding school like that. I was 10 yeah. and we were put into the local comprehensive, which is where my three brothers were, stepbrothers. And we joined the free school meals queue. So, it, back then, because I'm like quite old, back then they used to have two queues. They used to have the people who paid for their school dinners on this side and the people who had free school dinners on this side. Wow. And I remember going into this school. Now, of course, when I got into this school, they all thought that I was the rich kid because I spoke quite nicely. And I come, from school. Yeah, I come from boarding school, but we didn't have a bean. Not a bean. We moved from this big eight bedroom, really lovely house into this small cottage, which was quite damp. And we all walked around like this because the ceilings were so low. And yeah, I didn't have a bean. So got there. And I remember one day standing in the, in the free school meals queue. And oh, I was the tallest person in what we called the first year then. 
I was 10 years old. I went to school a year early. I skipped a year of school. And I remember standing there thinking, this is, this is class. This is like, this is really shit. I'm not happy at all. Um, I, and I made a vow at that moment to say, I am never going to be beholden to anybody financially in my life. 100%. Again, and I'm going to become a millionaire. Yeah. So by the age of 12, I had a job and I was starting to put away 10% of every wage packet. Me too. And starting to collect it and collect it and collect it. I had a couple of blips in the fact that when I went to college, I had to spend my savings because it didn't quite work out quite well that right. And um, I was asking my dad for a bit of money here and there, even though I didn't really know him that well. And by the way, he hadn't paid for me to stay at boarding school, which he could have well afforded to do. Always been a question in my mind. I wish I'd asked him that before he died. And yeah, so I started collecting money. Bum, 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 bum. Dad did me the biggest, biggest favor ever because I'd been borrowing sort of tenors and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, no, 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 I can't do this. This is too embarrassing. What I'm going to do, I'm going to ask him for a grand. I was 18. And I said, daddy, daddy, please, can I have a thousand pounds? And he said, yes, you can. But in order for you to have this thousand pounds, you've got to pay me back the 846 pounds and 23p that you already owe me. Do you remember he used to write everything down, right? Cool. And I, went, I mean, but I haven't got that. And he goes, I know. And I went, oh. And uh, he said, so that's why I'm not going to lend it to you. Because if I lend it to you, you'll owe me £1,846.23p. Anyway, that was a big lesson for me. I paid off the money that I owed him as quickly as I possibly could. And then just carried on. Anyway, carried on, carried on, carried on, carried on. Married a man who had no interest in money whatsoever. Um, which, of course, that was what I picked because I didn't want to be beholden to anybody for money. And I was going to be the fat controller holding all the strings, of course. Um, started investing, bought a couple of bought properties. Actually, before I met him, bought some bought a property, a couple of properties, made some money on it, etc. Da, 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 da. Started investing, da, 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 da. and around 2013, 14, we hit the net worth of a million pounds. Nice. And well, the interesting part of it was is that both I gave up my job and I had our first daughter, Connie. So I, we'd done it on a salary of about 20, 20, 30, 40 K between us, really. We were, we were earning nothing. So it was literally about counting pots. Old King Cole, you know this thing? Old King Cole was a merry old soul, counted all his money out. That was me. So I just counted it all out. The million pounds went, Neil, Neil, we've made the million. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and he goes, well, it's got nothing to do with me, has it? And I sat there and I went, oh my God. And there were no bells, no whistles, no flags, no trumpets, nothing. And I suddenly realized how fucking miserable we were. Yeah. We were miserable, right? We would, you know, we, we liked quite a party lifestyle. Do you get what I mean? But it was like, this isn't what it was supposed to all be about. And I took a real step back at that point and thought, how could we have done all this? This was my main goal from the age of 10 years old. And finally- But there was it. no joy in it. No joy, no joy. I mean, we had everything that we wanted, but we didn't really appreciate it. I mean, it's, we weren't driving fast cars or anything like that. Neither of us are very materialistic. And no, I none of that already knew about- that's it. And I already knew about keeping your, keeping your expenses and your liabilities low and, in, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was just shit, basically. So I had a bit of a meltdown. I had a bit of a midlife crisis. I was also hitting my 50th birthday around that time. 
and it was then I was thinking I can't do the job that I was doing anymore which was sitting behind a screen doing nothing and I thought what am I going to do and I went to see a careers advisor and she said well, why don't you become a money coach you've always been good helping people with money and I went oh that's a good idea so I decided over a, a weekend a holiday in Mallorca that I was going to become a money coach came back pimped my spreadsheets Love it. to which people either cried or just missed it over and um, then realized that there was a whole load more to stuff than just getting people to do a spreadsheet because I'd always found it really easy. But what I didn't realize is that I'd done it with such horrible energy. So I went off to the Money Coaching Institute in America and I spent a year training to be a one-to-one -one coach, a couples coach and a business archetype coach went through the horrific journey of learning how awful my relationship with money was and what a tyrant I was and how manipulative and controlling and secretive and very Donald Trumpish I was. <gasps> but I know, worked on healing that, worked on helping my husband to be not a complete creator artist, which is the one that doesn't think money's important and they're basically tree huggers and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and yeah, just went on a, just went on a massive journey really. And here I am. So do you now get the, can you do the whole joy of money oh, thing yeah. whilst oh. having a future, whilst having a present, you know, can yeah. you, can you be all of those people at once now? Definitely. So now, first of all, my husband and I can have a really, really, really great conversation about money. He always used to carry about three grand business debt, right? Oh, wow. Always used to have about three grand business debt. And he would like never just clear it. It's all gone, all gone now. He's now got a three grand business credit. He, do, he does his own thing, right? It's like I had to subliminally coach him over the last couple of years. But now we can communicate beautifully around money. Um, we talk, we've, he's got all of his bank organized in Starling with the little pots and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, I'm starting a, new business was a really really tough thing for me and i've learned shitloads along the way um what's the new business well the money coaching ah, i see when so i went another one no god no oh, another one although we do have some property and we've got an hmo now and some rental property and stuff like that which is quite nice but yeah well i mean obviously my business I'm yeah. today, um, but but i've also got the property portfolio as well and that's kind of you know my Thing, my that's your thing yeah so do you makes me feel secure makes me feel totally right so yeah you know if i was the money coaching business is is quite a new thing in england i mean i know you've had nikki ramskill on and who i love i love nikki she's great we've done some work together and um lizzie vince i think you had on too didn't you i no? did yes i had lizzie yeah, I think I don't know Lizzie that well, but and I actually know quite a few people you've had on. So I know Danny Matthews. Oh, I like Danny. He was a good egg. He's the best. Yeah. He's looking really hot recently, actually. I saw him in a Is video. He? Yeah, I saw him in a video today. He's looking like really. He so came to my message him something inappropriate on his next video. Well, yeah, you could do. You could do. Yeah. Yeah. And you had Kimba, didn't you, Kimba Cooper? Yes. Yes, Sarah Cook. Good egg. Yes, Sarah. Sarah Cook, come, di come dine with me and come network with me. She was the first person that I ever went and did a talk to, to a, a workshop. Ah. As a money coach. So that was good. Good egg. 
So yeah, we've had some yes, really good people on here. It's interesting you talk about your husband though, because my husband, I love him, but I think he brings out my um, worry about uh, about um, spending too much because he is the constant you can tell me what type of per, uh, financial person he is but he's the constant i've got no money but always seems to have money to go out and i am always baffled by that tyrant is exactly do exactly what i used to do but you see there's different levels of tyrant energy oh gren gren please can i have another glass of wine this is my daughter she's a good egg She's not going to show herself on the camera. I'm sure she's not. Are you going to show yourself? No, she's not going to make Oh, she's not going to make them. Nor have I. And I haven't dried my hair. Anyway. So the thing is, right, so my, with my money coaching, what I specialise in is couples. So I coach couples to get them both on the same page. And what's really interesting is where he might have started off with a certain energy. You, I really, do you know what? We've made a bit of a faux pas here. Because what we should have done, thank you, darling. What we should have done is I should have got you to take the money type quiz on my website before we started. Ah. Well, what, tell, us, tell us more about where people can find you. Where, what is your website? Fannysnaith.com. Says what it is on the tin. Yeah. Yeah. So if I tell you a little bit about the money types, I can then maybe help you and your husband. Because I gave you like quite a nice scenario before of you, didn't I? There's an even more interesting dynamic that goes on with partnerships. With yeah. My... Oh, completely. So just go through the, the money types. Then. So you've got the innocence, which is put the head in the sand. It's basically the Dorothy of the Wizard of Oz. So looking for all the answers outside. Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how it's going to work out. Blah, 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 blah. Asking loads of people for advice. But actually all the answers are within, within you. You look like everything's fine on the outside, but actually you're pretty anxious about money on the inside. So you're just putting your head in the sand to avoid it. Victim. Nothing's ever my fault. Tried loads of things. No point doing what I want to do. Might as well just spend it. You only live once. Angry, resentful, blah, blah, blah. Typical victim. Horrific. Horrific. Yeah. Warrior. Archetype of action. Get on with it. Um, know about, you know, all the nice bits. A good bit, but with sort of like a bit of like... But the warrior yeah. also, importantly, the warrior likes to help other people. So they yeah. go, come on, come on. Look, I'll teach you how to do this. We'll do this. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really good at motivating people. And actually, I'm pretty successful at it. So just do what I say and you'll be fine. Right. So that, that's the warrior. And you've See, got, I think that about everything, though. Who you do, do I say? I'll be fine. Well, yeah, but the warrior is saying it to somebody else. They're saying, yeah. do what I do and you'll be fine. Yeah. Sort of thing. Just follow me. Then you've got the martyr who um, very good at giving, not very good at receiving um feels like they have to do everything oh you know well if you know if, no, if i don't do it who's going to do it you know oh i am yeah i am a bit like that yeah and also they don't do it good enough so you've got to you know i can't have them do it because they won't do it well i've got to do it myself okay. um but what happens like that why well, yeah what happens with the martyr you get a little bit resentful and a little bit everything's a bit disappointing and you know and all that kind of stuff so that's that then you got the fool you know about the fool so the fool is the bit that goes yeah everything's going great we can do what we want and everything's amazing and it's fantastic and they have like a real roller coaster of life and sometimes they've got money sometimes they haven't sometimes they have sometimes they haven't you know and they get really drawn into things what's going to be the best deal and oh it's great and absolutely lovely lovely live for today don't think about the future and just sort of go with it really and it's nice but you know we got we can't live like that all the time 
Then we've got yeah. the creative artist. Namaste. Money's not important to me. I'm a yoga teacher. I do the first eight weeks for free of a 12 week course. Come and join it. Um, got, <laughs> you know, a macrame business on the side. However, I do get a bit conflicted because I look at my dad and I've, um, you know, my dad who worked seven days a week, 53 hours a day. And I like the money that he had, but I don't want to work that hard. So I've got this sort of conflict in my head because I look at somebody's Apple watch and I quite like one of those, but I don't really want to do what it is to get it. And really, do I want to wear Apple? It's all a bit conflict, conflict. So I know I'm feeling all conflicted. So I'll go and hug a tree. That sort of thing. <laughs> then you've got the um, tyrant, which is, oh, for God's sake, all those people are useless. Um, everything's about money, 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 money. You can never have enough money. You want to be like me. Come on, look at me. I'm really successful, right? I've got a nice car, got a nice company. Look at my bling, all that kind of stuff. You want to be like me. Never have an, I can never have enough money. You can always make more money. But actually, underneath it all, it's all based in fear. So it's based in fear of not having people who love me. And it's based in fear of having of it all being taken away possibly through the, the memory of a past experience yes, or yep. something else. Right. And also me going to boarding school and seeing all these people and thinking you're all fucking horrible, but actually why am I saving money? Cause I just, I don't want to be like you, but it's, it's, you know, it's a bit weird, but you also think that if you've got all that money, you're going to command respect and everything's going to be fine. It's all bollocks. Right? Money is a bit like that though, isn't it actually? Yeah. You write about that. It's a kind it of double edged sword. Yeah, it can be. And then you've got the magician, who's the one that sort of encountered all of the other types, but has sort of danced around the bad things and embraced the good things. So they're the ones that know that we're open to flow. We're not, you know, we're not too worried. We'll make a decision about something quite comfortably, but we're not going to be attached to the outcome. So if it goes wrong, we sort of go, oh, yeah, it's gone wrong. But we're sort of quite spiritual. We've got a lot of faith, a lot of trust and a lot of balance. So the all of your all of your people make me feel like I've got split personality because there's a bit of me in all of these people. <laughs> yeah, and no, no, you have all of those types within you. Yeah. The thing is, what we aim for, what do we aim for here at the Money Coaching Institute, <laughs> is to have an active warrior, magician, and creator artist. Funnily enough, because it's got the right. spiritual creative side coming out we want those three to drive your financial life what tends to happen which sounds a little bit like maybe what you're what you're saying is all of them sort of have a little a little bit little bit of a stab but nobody's actually going yeah you can all have a bit of fun mates but i'm taking the wheel yeah right so some people might go the fool's taking the wheel yeah. we don't want that or the victim's taking the wheel uh, or the tyrants taking the wheel. What we really want is we want the the warrior to take the wheel because he's the magician. He's the action one, and then the magician to be going mind that pothole, just go round that, take the next left, and the warrior's going yeah, here yeah, hit like a perfect co-driver. Mm. No, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. So when you talk, let's talk about your husband then. Come on, I'd love to hear about you. So he likes to collect all his money up. He wants to have lots and lots of money and he's a bit no. of spending it. No, 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 okay. no, no. He's, oh, I'm skinned. I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. But he's always got, he's always out. So like, it, ah, for, okay. for me, because I have that kind of 
got my future sorted and I'm not very good at having a pot for fun, but he's, he can be fun Bobby, but so if I, if I had, you know, a hundred pound in my account, I I wouldn't go out and spend 110 pound on a meal. Whereas he'd be like, Oh, you know, screw it. So, okay, so he could have... His fun Bobby drives him. So that's probably the the fool coming out. But you see, it could also be a little bit partner with the innocent. Does does he know what to do? Yes. Does he know know how to go... Well, if I was to take that 100 quid and put 20 quid of it away and go and have a great party with the 80 quid... I'd feel a lot more balanced about things. Does he know that? Yeah, I think he does, but he's very much a YOLO. So that's the, that's full coming out. So it's active full. Yeah. But if he if somebody actually said to him, but I, right. I think it's because I have the kind of future sorted. So he's like, yeah, we'll be all right. Um, and so I just do you do you hold the purse strings? Do you do the finances? Uh. I suppose long term I do, but we have we both earn a decent wage, so we just you know don't have to worry about day to day living. I just it's it's my mindset because I think if you say things like "Oh, I'm a bit skin," then you don't go and do those things. And he's like, "Oh no, skin," you know, we can have exactly the same amount of money in the account, and his skin means he's going out you know, five days a week and my skin means, you know, I'll have a quiet drink with a friend and build the pot back up. We just have completely different views of what is a balanced balanced, um, account. Yeah. So if I was to, if I was to describe it as you've both got a different zero. So for instance, I know I was coaching a couple and he would be going, bloody hell, she just, she really, she tells me she hasn't got any money, but she's got 80 grand in the bank. And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, that's ridiculous. I'm here trying to pay off debt and do this and do this and do that. And she says she hasn't got any money. We've got, and she's got 80 grand in the bank. I go, yeah, because her zero is set at 80 grand. So she's got her little thermostat in her brain set that if I go below that level, it's like, ooh, the alarms start going off, right? You're the one that's sitting there that you've got, you've got your debt and your student loan and the this and the that and that. And you're constantly chasing because your zero is when you get to zero or when you're minus 10 grand or whatever. So it'd be a good idea for you and your husband to actually agree on like what a zero is or just to yeah. find out to find out what his zero is. Yeah, that would be an interesting question. What is your zero? Yeah. And maybe, do you think maybe... Because if he relies on you doing the finances long term. Long term, I think he does, yeah. Is he aware of what's going on long term? I think he is now because we're in a situation where we're having to have those conversations because we're looking at moving house and stuff. But I just think we just think differently about those sorts of things. And I, I think because he doesn't have to think about it he doesn't think about it because i've got it all wrapped up what can this a typical dynamic with a couple and i'm not saying this is applying to you because i don't actually think it does but a typical dynamic which i know a lot of people watching will go oh my god that's me 
and you, quite i'm going to do um well i'll switch it to make it man woman because let's be really really non-pc and take it that the man is earning the wage right oh. it was the reverse in my in my book but anyway so what happens is you when you tend to get together with a couple with a person you usually end up that one person will take hold of the financial reins or the wheel of the car right Actually, it's best to say hold of the reins because it doesn't mean to say that anybody's driving the car properly. They're just sort of like going, I'm going to take control. Hanging on for dear life. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So they take, they sort of take control. And the other person sort of goes, oh yeah, well they, you know, they do the money. You know, it's like, they do the money. Well, you know, everything's fine, but they, you know, they sort that out. They pay the bills and they do all that. And what then tends to happen is the person that's taken the reins is, the, is showing the warrior because they are the money type of action. They're doing something sensible. They're, you know, they're holding it all together and everything's fine. And the other person, because they go, oh, well, they do it. They're sort of taking the place of the innocent, where they're sort of going, well, I think everything's okay. I think it's all fine, but I don't really have to do it. So I'll just go and have a nice time and maybe have another drink and maybe I'll join my fool and just have a nice time. So that happens and then over time, that's all okay, except that the warrior, then starts to get to a point where they look at the credit card maybe and go, fucking hell, that's a bit of spending this month, isn't it? So they talk to them, they go, this is going up a bit, well, you know what's going on here? And the innocent sort of goes, oh, have I overspent? Have I done something? Have I done this? Have I done that? And <laughs> yeah. starts going, oh, oh, okay. So, but the warrior, what they start doing is going, well, if nobody's going to do it, I'm going to have to do it. And what they do is they start shifting into martyr energy, right? This, their martyr starts coming out now. The warrior sort of goes away because they've gone, well, look, why don't we sit down with the finances and I'll have a go through it with you. And then you'll know what's going on because seriously, love, we cannot keep doing this credit card like this. So let's sit down together. Okay, we'll do it next Thursday. And then next Thursday never comes and all that kind of stuff. So the warrior starts going, well, fuck this, actually. I'm getting a bit pissed off now. This is a bit, this is annoying. So they move into martyr. And as they move into martyr and they're looking at their partner going, you know, I've got to do it all. You, disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a bit You're pissed again and I'm yeah. saving money. You're getting, I'm getting a bit resentful and all that. The innocent starts moving into victim. Oh, he's getting really cross with me now all the time. Every week, he's having a go at me all the time about money, honestly. But, you know, I don't, you know, I don't really know what to do and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know how it's going to work. And, but, oh, you know, he'll, he'll be okay. He'll come back. So the martyr still carries on and the martyr gets even more pissed off. So what happens then is the martyr then starts getting into tyrant. And the tyrant then is the one who starts shoveling money away, being a little bit secretive being a little bit, you know, a little bit controlling, a little bit manipulative, going, right, you've only got 200 pounds a month to spend on that this month, yeah? And starts controlling it all. And then the victim goes even more into victim and going, oh, I've only got 200 pounds and it's not really enough, but he's got a control of everything and it's all sort of, you know, no, no, no. And we end up with this situation to be in. Yeah, we end up with people arguing and it's just ever so sad. I love people like that because I can really help them. Yeah. Mm. Money can be a bit shit like that, can't it? Especially for relationships. I know in my past, uh, my first marriage, he, um, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't great with money. And I, and I took over that kind of, you know, warrior, uh, martyr role, but he 
you know, whilst he was happy for me to take over the role of, you know, controlling the money because I earned the money, he was racking up debts separately that I didn't know about. And I think there's a part of that with me that's always has that in the back of my head. Oh, Jesus, you know, don't do that to me again. Of course. And you're, I mean, God, that is such a threat to your financial destiny, right? Shit. It's real threat to your financial destiny. There you are doing all of this. But the thing is, there's always a side as to why is he doing what he's doing? He's not doing it to purely piss you off. He's doing it because of something in his past, something in his childhood that is just coming up again and creating a pattern and all that kind of stuff. And and this is the, the, the beautiful thing about couples coaching, really is the fact that it's learning about our histories. Mm. It's been lovely to talk to you. I think I've done most of the talking. I'm ever so sorry. Oh, no, I'm like that anyway. It's been a good gas. Anyway, I have to say goodbye to the podcast and say goodbye to you. So as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast, you can contact us at info at find-surveyors.co.uk. Say goodbye, Fanny. Bye-bye.